T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. <sighs> Spring is a time of renewal, so why not refresh your home with a little help from Blinds.com? We make getting custom window treatments a minor project with major impact. Choose from premium blinds, shades, and shutters. We even have options for your patio, too. Blinds.com invented a better way to shop for custom window treatments. There's no pushy salespeople in your home or inflated showroom prices. Our design experts can help you find the perfect window treatments on your schedule. We'll even send free samples directly to you. Plus, we can handle the measuring and installation for you. Unlimited window treatments installed for just one low cost. And with Blinds.com, you'll always get transparent pricing. No hidden fees. Our free shipping and 100% satisfaction guarantee can put the spring back into your step. And into your home, too. Shop Blinds.com right now and save up to 45%. Up to 45% off for a limited time at Blinds.com. Blinds.com. Rules and restrictions may apply. From KMOX Sports. The bases are loaded. This is the Meyer Jensen Sports Open Line. Swing it along with the left. Meyer Jensen, a personal injury law firm. Because sometimes the gloves have to come off. MeyerJensen.com. He hits one deep to left field. You bet. That's a grand slam for Yadier Molina. It's a slammer. This is Sports Open Line on KMOX. Here we go on a Wednesday evening. Welcome into the program. My name's Matt Pauley. Have you for the next two hours. All-Star break continues. All-Star game done with yesterday. The American League coming back to knock off the National League 3-2. I never thought the number one story that I would be doing in a show is evaluating the managerial decisions that are made in an All-Star game. In an All-Star game. But... That is the world we live in as Paul Goldschmidt gets just one at bat yesterday. There were 11 players on the National League roster who got at least two at bats and a couple who got three at bats. But the guy who right now is the betting favorite to be your National League MVP, he gets one at bat and the National League is not heard from in terms of scoring runs after the first inning. We will get into that. In fact, that's our question of the day. How do you feel? Are you are you up in arms about it? Are you really that worried about it? Does it upset you? Or are you saying, Matt, it's the All-Star game. Settle down. It's really not that big of a deal. Uh, text in 314-436-7900, 314-436-7900. Or you can tweet at me, at Matt Pauley on air. Later on in the program, around 730 or so, we'll also take some phone calls on that. So if you want to hold your thoughts till. uh uh, to have an opportunity to tell me yourself. You can do that uh, coming up later on. This hour, uh, Brian Walton's going to join us. He is uh, part, uh, he's not part, he is the CardinalNation.com. And uh, we'll talk with him about uh, the draft and some of the minor league players for the Cardinals. We'll get into that. Uh, Derek Gould is also scheduled to uh, join us later on this hour. And uh, we'll uh, play the speech that Albert Pujols gave in the clubhouse prior to the All-Star game. So lots of baseball here in this first hour. We'll talk a little hockey in the second hour. Could Matthew Kachuk be a St. Louis Blue? Could that happen? To me, it seems unlikely, but it doesn't seem impossible. If you were to say what's more likely, Kachuk a Blue or Juan Soto a Cardinal, I'll go Kachuk a Blue. I would say that is 
that is more likely. Is it overly likely? No. There would have to be a lot of work to get done in terms of freeing up some salary cap space, finding a deal that Calgary would go with. But the the story behind this is Kachuk has told Calgary he's not going to sign a long-term deal. So now at this point, they've got to move him if they want to get anything for him. And that's he's probably going to end up not playing for Calgary. Could he be playing in St. Louis? That's a really good question. I think the bigger question than that, though, when it comes to the St. Louis Blues, how do you get better? How do the Blues get better? Because I think it's fair to say, and look, if if Jordan Bennington doesn't get injured, is there a legit possibility that they win that series against Colorado? Yeah, that's a that's a legit possibility. It's to me, it was kind of a fifty fifty type proposition. But if you really take a step back and you look at the Colorado roster and you look at the Blues roster, there is a gap. There is a gap uh, in in what you see between those two teams. The Blues are not as good as the Colorado Avalanche. What do the Blues need to do? How do the Blues do it? With the salary cap situation that they currently have, there are no easy answers when it comes to roster management for the Blues, and then we can t- apply that to what's going on right now when it comes to um, when it when it comes to a possible acquisition of Matthew Kachuk. So uh, we'll we'll get into that coming up uh, later on uh, in the program as well. We'll do that to start off the seven o'clock hour. We will uh, have a part three of our four part series. The state of the NL Central. We did the Cincinnati Reds on Monday. We did the Chicago Cubs yesterday. Today we'll focus in on the Pittsburgh Pirates, and then tomorrow we'll wrap things up with the Milwaukee Brewers going from uh, worst to first throughout the division as we go around the division. Who would have thought when the season got started that the Pirates were going to be the third-place team? I think most people could look at the NL Central before the season got started and say it was going to be a two-dog race. It was going to be the Cardinals and the Brewers, and they were very evenly matched, and it was hard to evaluate which of those two teams was better than the other. But then when you're talking about the rest of the division, between the Pirates, between the Reds, between the Cubs, where do you slot those teams in? And for me, the question before the season was, who's the who's the third best team? Was it going to be the Cubs or the Reds? And I was just slotting the Pirates into that number five spot. And here we are. The Pirates are the third place team. And I've said this before. I'll continue to say this. Of those three teams, the Pirates absolutely are the most compelling when you compare them to uh, to the Reds and uh, and the Cubs. I like the Pirates. I, they're, they're a young team. They're not good, but they're a young team that's got some interesting players, and they're kind of fun to watch. All right, so that's kind of the program of what we've got uh, coming up tonight. Again, uh, the all-star usage is a big question today about uh, are we – are we really upset about Brian Snitker's usage of players? The other thing on that, too, not only Paul Goldschmidt, did he do wrong by Albert Pujols by not allowing him a late game at bat? Pujols got his at bat in the fourth inning, flew out to left. Baseball and magic moments and special moments. We've seen it. The sport is just perfect for those things happening. I know at that point in the game, Snitker had no clue that it was going to be a 3-2 game. But does he do wrong by Pujols by not allowing him an at-bat in the eighth inning, in the ninth inning, where he could have done something special? And it's that all-star moment that we remember forever and ever that year that Pujols in his final season hits the two-run home run in the eighth inning to turn over a game. Did Snitker do wrong by Pujols by batting him in the fourth inning? I think it's it's at least a conversation to be had. So we will indeed have that conversation. 
You can call, you can text, you can also call toll-free, 800-925-1120. You can tweet at me, at Matt Pauley on air. we got all kinds of ways for you to connect with the program. Brian Walton joins us in uh, just a moment or so. We'll talk about uh, what the Cardinals did in the draft. We'll also talk about some of their prospects. That's all coming up. This is Sports Open Line here on a Wednesday night on KMOX. We really need new phones. T Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s, and each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling accounts to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. Ctmobile.com. <sighs> Spring is a time of renewal, so why not refresh your home with a little help from Blinds.com? We make getting custom window treatments a minor project with major impact. Choose from premium blinds, shades, and shutters. We even have options for your patio, too. Blinds.com invented a better way to shop for custom window treatments. There's no pushy salespeople in your home or inflated showroom prices. Our design experts can help you find the perfect window treatments on your schedule. We'll even send free samples directly to you. Plus, we can handle the measuring and installation for you. Unlimited window treatments installed for just one low cost. And with Blinds.com, you'll always get transparent pricing. No hidden fees. Our free shipping and 100% satisfaction guarantee can put the spring back into your step. And into your home, too. Shop Blinds.com right now and save up to 45%. Up to 45% off for a limited time at Blinds.com. Blinds.com. Rules and restrictions may apply. After the end of a good fight, you deserve an ice-cold reward. Medela is the mark of a fighter. You've earned this rich golden lager with a crisp, refreshing taste. Because you know, the bigger the fight, the better the reward. You put in the hours, the energy, the tough labor. You are a fighter. and Medela is your reward. Medela, the mark of a fighter. Drink responsibly. Beer imported by Crown Import, Chicago, Illinois. All the news and all that matters to you. The voice of St. Louis, KMOX. The Major League Baseball Amateur Entry Draft held this past week for the Cardinals. They went mostly with college kids. They went with a lot of pitching as well. What does that mean? Why were they going about it that way? To get answers, let's bring in uh, Brian Walton. You can follow him on Twitter at B underscore Walton. You can head to thecardinalnation.com where he does a fantastic job breaking down really all aspects of the Cardinals organization. Brian, thanks so much for uh, taking a few moments with us today. How are you? Uh, great, Matt. Pleasure to join you. Congratulations on your new assignment. Thank you. I'm very glad to be here. Glad to be able to talk to you a little bit. And we'll jump in. Just the fact, from a from a big picture standpoint, like I said, mostly college kids and a lot of pitchers. What leads to the Cardinals making those decisions? The Cardinals have traditionally been uh, pitching heavy in terms of their draft, and you know we've seen the results in in the major leagues from you know Carlos Martinez to Flaherty to Hudson and all for a long time, Waka, etc. And a few years ago, they swung the pendulum more toward hitting to try to balance things off, and we you know saw the Nolan Gormans and the Dylan Carlsons, but. 
I think that maybe there were a couple of years where they didn't focus enough on pitching. And so last year, they also uh, drafted 13 pitchers of their 20 selections. And this year, they did the same thing. And so, you know, it's clear with three pitchers in the first three rounds, all left-handers, it's pretty clear what the Cardinals want to do. And by the way, they also, for the first time in a long, long time, uh, went almost all college pitchers. They'd only drafted a high school player at the, uh, called college players. They only drafted a high school player in the very final round 20th. And that's sort of a uh, relief valve pick that uh, if they are, have some problems signing some of the players in the first 10 rounds, they could redirect some of that money and try to convince that young high schooler to, instead of going to college, sign with the Cardinals. But if the draft goes well, they'll probably sign their first 19, as well as some undrafted free agents. Because with the draft having been cut from 50 to 40 to now 20 rounds, um, you know, organizations will also look to some uh, good players who, who weren't called out during the draft to help fill in the minor league system. Generally speaking, when it comes to major league free agency, pitching is more expensive than hitting. So if you're in a mid-size market, isn't there some sense to really trying to develop your own pitching? And then if you're going to spend big money, you can maybe get more bang for your buck finding hitting on the free agent market? I think you've hit the nail on the head there, man. And the, and the Cardinals know that. They've seen the, the value of pitching. They've seen not only their pitchers when they leave, uh, you know, Lance Lynn, who got a you know very nice contract after leaving the Cardinals, and others um, who – and they realize that, hey, they've been able to get hitters – uh, potentially, you know, around that 29, 30 years old age who are on teams that aren't winning that want to come to a winning environment. And pitching is always very, very tradable. Uh, you know, you can see and you can project that pitching as it reaches the major leagues. And the Cardinals have got some good young arms that, you know, could be in play depending on what they want to do at, at the trade deadline. In the past, before they redid the minor leagues a couple years ago, you would have extended spring training going, and then that would end, and the short season clubs would start, and the short season clubs would start around the same time that the college season ended, so kids who got drafted, they could go play a half season of pro ball. Now, it's a little bit different. You don't have really the short season the way you previously had it. You can still put some kids uh, at low A if you feel good about it, especially for the Cardinals. They can probably do that because they've got so many college kids. But how does the changes that Major League Baseball made in the minor leagues a couple years ago, how does that impact all these kids who just got drafted? Well, there's a number of factors in play, Matt, not the least of which is that they eliminated two levels of play. So there's uh, 35 times two, 70 you know, roster positions that are gone. So cutting the draft down is only reasonable. But what it means also is that the pressure to produce increases because the organizations aren't going to necessarily give us guys as much time as they might have gotten before. Maybe before they got three years to produce, maybe now they're only going to get two years. Now that, that remains to be seen, but there's certainly going to be a lot of pressure on these roster spots as not only other players drafted, but the players from the Dominican Republic Academy come to the U.S. as well. Regarding your question on the timing of the draft, I think the change that they made this year, uh, last year actually, is good in that, as you said, it was occurred the second week of June, typically during the College World Series. And it was a lot of disruption for the players and their families and the coaches and the teams playing. And it's just better to wait till July. Yes, the players don't get a full summer in, but a lot of them have pitched a full season already this spring. And the Cardinals traditionally have been very, very careful with their pitchers after the draft anyway. We saw last year, Michael McGreevy, I think, pitched only maybe eight in innings at one inning at a time uh, every week after the draft. So, you know, they don't want to put too much pressure on these young arms that had already thrown a, a full year of college ball. Now for hitters, it's a little less 
concerning. Um, and so, you know, the hitters can get started right away. And, you know, it'll be interesting to watch. A number of these draft picks will probably start at Palm Beach. Some of them could even, you know, play in the Florida Complex League, the rookie-level team. And then as they get some experience and the ones that have a little bit of runway this year, you know, might move up uh, to high A or even, you know, probably not double A this year. But certainly a, a player like first-rounder Cooper Jerpy um, is a guy that, you know, should be able to move fast. How fast? Well, like I said, uh, you know, high A this year wouldn't be out of the question. Double A, maybe. We saw something called the Waka plan where the Cardinals had a first rounder, Michael Waka, uh, pitched in A ball and then moved up to double A at the very end of the season. And that gave him a springboard to the next spring. Gets an invite to Major League Camp. And as we saw in the case of Waka, he actually reached the major leagues in May, 11 months after having been drafted. So, I mean, that's about as aggressive as anybody's ever gone. All right, so again, going back to all these college kids being drafted, is there actually more, maybe more value in college kids now with the new system? Because in the past, if you drafted an 18-year-old high schooler, there were scenarios where he'd go to short season instructs, then be an extended the next year, go back to short season for a second year, and eventually kind of the, the, you know, the maturation process would finally begin. With the system being different now, in many ways, is, the, is, it a, is it an easier path for major league teams to find the way they want to handle kids if they are getting those uh, college-age uh, players? Yeah, I think you made a great point there, Matt, and that is, you know, kind of dovetails with the point I made earlier, and that is fewer roster spots, more pressure. You know, you've got to be darn sure on a high school player that he's going to produce because you're going to have to invest three, four, five years in him and, you know, keeping a roster spot tied up in the system that others could get. And while the Cardinals have had successes, right, uh, certainly Nolan Gorman, uh, Dylan Carlson are, are guys that came up through the farm system as high schoolers, but there's a lot of other players that, that didn't make it, uh, Delvin Perez. Um, Nick Plummer, others that got a lot of money and, you know, didn't, didn't pan out. And generally speaking, a, a college player maybe has a little bit lower of a ceiling, but also has higher odds of reaching that potential sooner. And this is a game of, of results. So you look at the prospects for the Cardinals right now. Everybody's talking about Jordan Walker and Mason Wynn. These two kids are 20 years old. They're younger than most of the kids who just got drafted, and it's uh, there's so many reasons to be excited. We saw those two uh, play uh, in the in the futures game. A lot of focus on win because there was the uh, the, the social media video of him showing throwing a hundred plus miles per hour from from the shortstop spot. But these are guys who are really really young who have already elevated themselves to to double A, and guys who just got drafted are already older than them. It's a really exciting time for those two players. And, you know, there goes why there's no hard and fast rules in drafting. Those young men were both high schoolers drafted in 2020. And, you know, Jordan Walker was a guy that, frankly, the Cardinals were surprised was still available when they got their chance to pick at 20. Mason Wynn was a two-way player in high school. And so there was a lot of concern. Does he want to pitch? Does he really be a shortstop? You know, what's he going to be? And, you know, that's why so much of the draft, I'm sure if Randy Flores, the scouting director, were here with us, he would readily agree that, you don't really know for sure what your approach is going to be until you see what happens before you. And the Cardinals pick, you know, always, almost always pick in the bottom third of the draft every year because their spot in the draft is in, in direct um, relation to their record the previous year. And, of course, Cardinals are consistent winners. So, you know, they, the scouting and player development functions in the Cardinals have traditionally done a very good job of finding talent wherever it's available. In 2020, it was in two exceptional high school players that – are probably a year away or so from uh, playing in St. Louis and could be around for a long, long time in Jordan Walker and Mason Wynn. 
because they drafted so many college guys, there's not a lot of signability issues. You've got some college juniors that I guess could go back for the senior year if they really wanted to, but that's not as common as saying a high schooler uh, going on to college. They had the one high school kid who they did draft, and we'll see whether or not they're able to sign him. But are there any players in particular that you are concerned or at least taking a a long, hard look on uh, when it comes to their signability? No, really not, Matt. Uh, you know, in today's world, uh, players, you know, or amateurs are not allowed to have agents, but they can have advisors. Well, you know, that's a that's a just a, a terminology um, speak. The organizations, the scouts who work with these players uh, as amateurs, you know, talk to them, talk to their family, try to understand what their bonus expectations are. You know, what is the strength of their commitment to go to college? And so I would say, you know, it's an unusual situation, not just for the Cardinals, but for anybody, an unusual situation where a player taken in the first 10 rounds, they don't have a good idea what it's going to take to sign him. And most cases, a team wouldn't take a player unless they thought he was signable. So I think, like I said, I, my prediction is the Cardinals will get 19 in their first 19. And if things go well, they probably won't have enough money to convince number 20 to uh, to skip going to college. He is Brian Walton. Follow him on Twitter at B underscore Walton and follow along with uh, everything that he's writing about the entire Cardinals organization at thecardinalnation.com. Brian, great to get to know you a little bit. Look forward to uh, talking to you much more down the line. Great. Thanks for having me on, Matt. Very good. There's Brian Walton joining us here on Sports Open Line. Good stuff from him. And yeah. It, I don't know if I'm getting into the weeds a little bit. I'm somebody who spent 10 years working around minor league baseball. So sometimes, sometimes I go places that somebody who just is worried about a major league team isn't overly worried about, but the changes that were made in the minor league system a couple of years ago really impact the way organizations go about things, including drafting. You've got to be, I'm just repeating what Brian said, but he's, he was absolutely right. You have to be so sure when it comes to a high school kid that they are going to be able to develop and not just develop, but there's a clock. There's a clock. You got to get these guys uh, developed to a point where you can at least get them onto the 40 man roster. And it makes sense by a certain time and then get them onto the big league roster by a certain time. There's a clock on that. And the developmental areas don't exist as much because you don't have as many short season clubs. So it is more of a challenge now than it's ever been, especially when it comes to that 18-year-old kid coming out of high school to be able to draft him. All right, Albert Pujols addressed the rest of the National League All-Stars in the clubhouse prior to the All-Star game last night. It was really cool. We'll pass those uh, comments along to you in just a moment. My name is Matt Pauley. You're listening to Sports Open Line on a Wednesday night on KMOX. Baseball is back, and so is MLB.tv. Watch every out-of-market, regular-season game on your favorite streaming devices. Anywhere, anytime, all season long. Follow the action live or on demand. Track four games at once with multi-view mode. And catch up with in-game highlights. Plus, original programs, minor league broadcasts, and local pre- and post-game shows. Go to MLB.tv to start your free trial today. Blackout and other restrictions apply. Major League Baseball trademarks used with permission. Welcome back to the Meyer Jensen Sports Open Line. Swing it along with the left. That's a grand slam for Yannier Molina. This is Sports Open Line on KMOX. Our question of the day. Are you upset about the way manager Brian Snitker managed the All-Star game yesterday, specifically related to Paul Goldschmidt getting just one at bat, hit a home run, National League didn't score again after that, using Albert Pujols as early as he used him, not using uh, Miles Michaelis, 
Does that upset you, or are you saying, who cares? It's the All-Star game. doesn't matter. 314-436-7900. We'll discuss it later on. We'll take your phone calls in the 7 o'clock hour on that, but we'll take your text messages right now at 314-436-7900. You can tweet at me, at Matt Pauley on air. You can also uh, go to our Facebook KMOX Sports, and uh, there is a lively conversation going on as we speak on Facebook regarding uh, whether or not uh, Brian Snitker did the correct thing and how he managed the All-Star game last night. Um, I was disappointed for Albert Pools because one of the things that I love about baseball is how this is the sport where special moments that you remember forever are created. Albert Pujols is playing in his final All-Star game. Wouldn't have you loved, wouldn't have you loved to have seen him get in at bat in the eighth inning, get in at bat in the ninth inning, in a 3-2 game, just to see. You know, he may have still flown out to left like he did in the fourth inning, but in the eighth inning and the ninth inning, don't you feel like there's that shot, there's that chance that he's going to hit one out of there and you're going to remember forever and ever and ever Pujols' final All-Star game? when he hit that big home run in the eighth or ninth inning, like that, that's, you have to put yourself in position for those moments. I'm speaking specifically to Brian Snitker, and it feels like there was so much focus on pool holes during the entire all-star festivities. And then you use the guy in the fourth inning. What, 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 why do better? Uh, but pool holes did speak with his uh, teammates, his national league teammates in the clubhouse, uh, prior to the game, MLB Network uh, tweeted this out. Pretty cool. This is what Pujols had to say uh, to his teammates uh, before participating in his final All-Star game. For me, it's an honor to be here and just looking around. Uh, my last year of my career has been an amazing career. First of all, I want to thank God because if it wouldn't be for him, I wouldn't be standing here today for the platform, the talent, the ability that he has given me, the ability that he has given every single one here. So for me, it's an honor just to look around guys that I'm competing against, guys that I'm going to continue to compete the second half. Um, but I think that the most that I take out of this is how we come together for two days. You know, we compete during the course of the season, but we come together for two days and just having fun, enjoying, just talking. And uh, for me, my last year, just uh, being here in an all-star gang and just seeing future Hall of Fame and managers of the year, championship players, and just the championship, the, the young talent, I think, the young talent there's in this game. I mean, 22 freaking years in this game has been a long time for myself. I think it's time to walk out. And <laughs> But uh, it's, it's just a truly honor to be here, and I'm enjoying every single moment, every single minute of this over the last couple of days. Uh, obviously, tomorrow we're going to wake up and go in our way. But uh, just thank you so much, guys. Just thank you so much for the memory. Yesterday was freaking really special to me. Somebody asked me, like, what do you think about that moment yesterday when the player came and embraced you? To me, it's probably going to be one of the top moments of my career. And I'm, I'm serious, guys. For 22 years in this game, and yesterday was really, really emotional. I had to hold it in because I still had to go out there as a player to compete. Uh, and try to win a champion and try to win a home run there. But thank you to Soto. I thought he was gonna give me a break. Congratulations, bro. But I'm just happy, you know, that my boy from the DR won. So just thank you guys. I think, uh, as you know, we're gonna go out there and have fun. The All Star Gang is about having fun, enjoy it. But remember that jersey that you represent, who you represent when you take that field. Don't take anything for granted. 
play the game hard, you know, and let's go kick some butt, you know, just let's go get a win and just try to enjoy. So thank you so much, guys. I wish you all the best the second half, except when you play with the car against the Cardinals. So <laughs> God bless you guys, and thank you so much. It means a lot. That's pretty cool. That's pretty cool. As he uh, addressed the uh, his teammates in the clubhouse prior to the game, and it is one of the neat things to have this, uh, the way everybody does come together for a couple days, and then you go on your own way. For him to say, though, that the way he was honored during the home run derby is going to be one of the, the things that he really remembers most and is one of the most special moments of his career. Think about everything that he has accomplished in his career. He also said something which is very true. He said that the All-Star game is supposed to be fun, and it is. Was that fun last night? Was that really that much fun? And I know you don't know me that well. I'm on day three here at KMOX. Uh, I am not somebody who just tries to trash things just to trash them. Like, that's not me. And I love the game of baseball. I love the game of baseball so much. Was last night really fun? Was a 3-2 game fun? Was a game where the National League doesn't score after the second inning fun? Like, it, just, it didn't feel fun to me. It just didn't. And... I'm not alone in this. That was the that the fewest amount of people watched last night's All-Star game than had ever watched it before. Under 8 million people watched last night. First time ever. There has been at least 8 million people have watched it. This is an event that used to get more than 20 million people, and I know the sports landscape and the TV landscape is just different now where you're never going to get that kind of an audience. But... You know what? I appreciate the All-Star game because it's the All-Star event that most looks like a real game, but at the same time, don't you want some thunder? Like, you don't have to have it be 22 to 17. I'm not asking for that, but a a 7-4 game wouldn't be the worst thing in the world. A few more home runs wouldn't be. Get the juiced baseballs. Get, get them out of the humidor. Every Major League Baseball team has a humidor now. The balls that are used in the uh, in the All-Star game are not allowed to be placed in the humidor. Like I don't know what you need to do, but... That was like I, I understand why less than eight million people watched last night's game because the word that does not come to mind when I think about last night's All Star game is fun. It's just not. All right, Derek Gould is going to join us in uh, just a few moments. We'll see if he thought the All Star game was fun. We'll do that next at Sports Open Line on KMOX News Radio KMOX, the home of the Cardinals. That ball is crushed to left center field. Paul Goldschmidt. The call from Fox Sports last night, the All-Star game, Paul Goldschmidt goes yard in the first inning, and then the National League is not heard from again from a run-scoring standpoint, and Goldschmidt would not be heard from again. He would be pinch hit for uh, the next time his spot came up. To talk about the All-Star game and all things St. Louis Cardinals, let's bring in uh, Derek Gould, covers the Cardinals, the lead uh, beat writer for the St. Louis Post-Dispatch. And he's somewhat, he's, he's going through a heck of a day of traveling right now as well, still finding some time for us, which we're very appreciative of. Uh, Derek, thanks for the time. How are you? I'm all right. How are you? <laughs> where, where are you right now? Uh, I'm still stuck in L.A. Um, while we're near L.A. Yeah, flight canceled. So I'll figure it out from here, trying to find a way home. All right. Fair. Are you, so do you come back to St. Louis or do you go straight to Cincinnati? How does that all, all work? Rick Hummel is going to go to Cincinnati. So I am going to come back to St. Louis, uh, make good on a promise that I made to my son, and then uh, head to Toronto. Um, we wanted to build in some kind of buffer there because 
back when we were working on when travel would be set up, we didn't we weren't sure what the rules would be going to uh, Canada. So we wanted to have some nimbleness there. There's a lot of talk today about Brian Snitker's usage of Paul Goldschmidt, just one at bat, 11 of the guys on the National League roster got at least two at bats, uh, using Albert Pujols pretty early in the game. It's an all-star game. It's really weird to be dissecting managerial moves in an all-star game, but here we are doing it. What was your takeaway on uh, those items? Not surprised at all. Um, you know, Snitker set out a plan for guys. Uh, Goldschmidt goes out there and hits a home run in his first at bat. There's a whole bunch of first basemen on that roster. I mean, look at the roster. There were, what, five, six DH first baseman types. Um, you know, Alonzo, Crum, Pujols, Goldschmidt. Um, you know, Freddie Freeman only got one at bat in his home ballpark, right? Um, you know, so there was that roster was kind of soggy with first basemen and DHs, if you will. And Goldschmidt got the home run in his first at bat kind of made sense for him to go, okay, look, I'm not going to, what else am I going to do in this game? Um, and make sure one of those other guys who might not got him and might not get an appearance like a CJ Crohn, for example, gets in there. Um, you know, and then uh, as far as like Albert being used early, that likely was by request. It was also by design. They knew that he was going to get in there, um, get in there early, not get a whole lot of at bats, um, not get a whole lot of appearances because of doing the home run derby the night before. So um, I wasn't shocked at all. I know people will go like, well, but Ronald Acuna Jr. got all types of at-bats. That's true. But Ronald Acuna Jr. also was going to be part of any tiebreaker scenario in the derby. So how are you going to use him? Was he only going to get one at-bat, two at-bats, and then sit for seven innings of a close game or, or six innings of a close game and then have to rev back up again for a derby? So Snicker was going to play that too and take that into account like who were his guys who were going to be the three guys in the home run derby and then finally you know a championship should have its spoils I think that the fan vote should take priority and there's probably a good discussion to be had that Goldschmidt was the fan vote so maybe fans wanted to see him more often but after that you know win a title win a title get your manager involved and you know take advantage of being a champion there's a lot of people, casual baseball fans, who are not familiar with Ryan Helsley. They're familiar with them now. Two strikeouts, hit 103 on the gun. That was quite the performance for him. It was pretty remarkable. And, they, you know, he goes up against the, the Twins, one of the best bat-to-ball contact guys, and then throws, what, an 81-mile-an-hour curveball and then follows with 103-103. So you're talking about, what, a 32 different, or 23 differential there um, in, in miles per hour. That's just I mean, it was a remarkable showing. Um, you know, for him to go out there, he probably pitches a perfect inning maybe. Um, that hard shot there to second base, they ruled it a single. Um, maybe a few other second basemen, a couple that he's played with through the years, come up with that. Well, I don't know. It's hit very hard. But, uh, but you know, just the, the way he went out there, handled himself, um, and was overwhelming. Um, certainly one of, I think you can make the case it was one of um, the best relief appearances of the night. I'm not sure it was best but definitely one of the best Derek Gould of the Post-Dispatch continuing to join us you tweeted out a few hours ago that the Cardinals are going to go Adam Wainwright on Friday Stephen Matz on Saturday Miles Michaelis on Sunday and the team likes the idea of separating uh, out the two right-handers Wainwright and Michaelis with a lefty and Matz in the middle is that a legit thing or do teams make too big of a deal of uh, trying to go righty lefty in the rotation I think it's a legit thing, maybe minimized a little bit by the matchup mania we have now in baseball. 
where those lineups are going to change. But uh, I think I think it is something. I think there is something to changing the look from day to day that hitters have to adjust to, um, especially if, say, you got a couple right-handers who throw pretty similar. Um, you know, you you know you get you go with one. Say you have Adam Wainwright or and Charlie Morton, one back to back, just as an example, to pull two names out of the air. I mean, you might have a difference in velocity, certainly you will, but, you know, you have that same kind of look as to where, um, you know, the pitch is coming from and the plunge of the curveball. And, you know, a hitter might get four bats against a guy, three bats against a guy one day, and his timing will be there for, you know, the next day facing a very similar pitcher. I think there is something for that. How important is Steven Matz to what this team wants to do down the stretch? Pretty significant. Um, you know, and probably more so than they imagined. Um, you know, there's a guy who they were going to be good with if he gave them five, six innings and outing um, and just kind of, you know, improved upon who he was um, with the Mets and continued who he was with the Blue Jays. Um, but now they need more from him. Um, the way the roster, the way the rotation is currently structured, they need him to be more significant, to be more of a quality start guy. He needs to, you know, add more innings, add more links, go beyond what he has been um, for some of these other teams because of injuries or performance elsewhere. They really need a guy to, to bring some consistency to the rotation so that Michaelis and Wainwright can stand out as leaders of the, of the rotation, not just guys who have to carry all the innings of the rotation. Quality start guy. If Matt can be that guy, it would be super significant for their ability to contend. Derek, thank you so much for being so gracious with your time on a tough travel day. Best of luck at getting home, and I look forward to seeing you at the ballpark real soon. Yeah, sounds good. Have a great night. Thank you. Thank you very much. That's Derek Gould from the uh, St. Louis Post-Dispatch joining us at dgould on Twitter, D-G-O-O-L-D. If you're listening to this program and you're on Twitter, you probably already follow him on Twitter. Here's my... uh, I think I've heard this before. I don't think this is an original idea for me, but I don't know where I heard it, and I agree with it. If I was making the rules of the All-Star game, like again, it's an All-Star game. We're not, and my idea here doesn't change the game, the way it's being played. It just adds something to it. I would allow re-entry for your starters. What I mean by that is a Paul Goldschmidt can come up to the plate in the first inning, get his dinger, come out of the game, and then he can re-enter in the seventh and the eighth and the ninth. So what that does for an all-star game is it allows you to have all the players who have been voted in, and let's let's assume, I know voters don't always get it right, but let's assume for a second that the voters did get it right. That allows your best players to be playing in the game late when it's tight. So in a 3-2 game last night, you would have had the best of the best players in there. That's that's a rule that I would change. Players who are not starters don't get to re-enter. They're in, and then when they're out, they're done. But for the starters, a re-entry rule in the All-Star game, just the All-Star game, where you could bring those players in late. I would put that rule in. I Why, why not? Somebody give me a good reason why not, other than that's just not the way baseball is played. It's an All-Star game. Let's have fun. Let's have the best players on the field when the game is being determined of who's going to win. My name is Matt Pauley. It's Wednesday night. Sports Open Line on America Sports Voice KMOX. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network, 
from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. (sighs) Spring is a time of renewal, so why not refresh your home with a little help from Blinds.com? We make getting custom window treatments a minor project with major impact. Choose from premium blinds, shades, and shutters. We even have options for your patio, too. Blinds.com invented a better way to shop for custom window treatments. There's no pushy salespeople in your home or inflated showroom prices. Our design experts can help you find the perfect window treatments on your schedule. We'll even send free samples directly to you. Plus, we can handle the measuring and installation for you. Unlimited window treatments installed for just one low cost. And with Blinds.com, you'll always get transparent pricing. No hidden fees. Our free shipping and 100% satisfaction guarantee can put the spring back into your step. And into your home, too. Shop Blinds.com right now and save up to 45%. Up to 45% off for a limited time at Blinds.com. Blinds.com. Rules and restrictions may apply. Oh, oh, oh. Protect your vehicle's engine with a full synthetic oil change and save with Mobile One at O'Reilly Auto Parts. Purchase five quarts of Mobile One full synthetic motor oil and receive a $10 O'Reilly gift card after rebate. See store for details. With your Mobile One purchase, you'll also receive two times points during Old Rewards Bonus Points Month at O'Reilly Auto Parts. Oh, oh.